Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hey, Lawsy. Hello. And hello, everyone who is listening. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different, and we are so excited about it because it's our very first live podcast. Like, I feel really cool saying that. <laughs> I feel but like we're more we, professional now. We've got it. We've done yeah. We will have done a kick live. Very Fun. exciting. Um, it's also very exciting for us because it's the first community event we've been able to hold mm. in over a year now because of COVID and everything last year. So, so excited about it. Um, and it is in celebration of International Women's Day, which was obviously Monday. Um, and we're just really, really excited about our panel. You guys are going to absolutely love our guests. And the chat was just Fantastic! Yes, it was an amazing podcast. And just to see all of our community was the best thing in the whole world. But anyway, before we get into the podcast, we have got a special announcement for you guys. Obviously, speaking of International Women's Day, we had our biggest offer yet with International Women's Day. We had a free month offer. And because you have all been so excited about it, we decided to extend it for one extra day. So it will be extended until tomorrow, which is Thursday, the 11th of March. You can get a free month of Keep It Cleaner. All you need to do is enter the code IWD at the subscription sign-in on the website. So you can do that at www.keepitcleaner.com.au. So it is for a monthly subscription. The code is IWD. Enjoy that, (laughs) the free month of Keep. (laughs) And also we hope you enjoy this chat. Hello. How are you guys? Oh my God, we cannot tell you how excited we are to have been able to do this. It's been over a year we were discussing since we've been able to do an event with We're the a bit rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a mic check earlier and Laura actually started talking about rust. So um, we promise we've slightly warmed up since then. Um, but thank you so much for coming. We're really, really excited for tonight. Um, before we do get started... I just want to do an acknowledgement of country. So we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and emerging and acknowledge all First Nations people here or listening with us now because today is KickPod Live. So this is also something we've never done is do a kick pod live. So thank you for being a part of it. Okay. <laughs> we've got um, some very exciting guests for you today um, who will get up on stage now. <laughs> we really did need some intro music, didn't we? <laughs> do you want to sing? No. no. <laughs> we will not do that to everyone. <laughs> you want to dance? No, there's no music. <laughs> I've lost my sheet. <laughs> So one of our guests is the incredible Moana Hope. You might have heard a a little bit about her on the KickPod before, but of course you might have also seen her on Survivor or known her, of course, through the AFL Women's as she played for both Collingwood and North Melbourne. So actually, one of the most important things that I want to mention is she's also a new mum, which I've been so keen to talk to her about, and we will be covering that today. 
And we also have the very influential Victoria Devine, who you would have also heard on the Kick Pod before. And Victoria is a multiple award-winning financial advisor and the founder of She's On The Money, helping thousands of people find financial freedom. And last, but certainly not least, we have got the wonderful Alira Potter. Alira is a trained Reiki practitioner, intuitive reader, energy healer, life coach, and meditation guide. Welcome, guys. How are you feeling? <laughs> All right. So if you guys are frequent listeners of the Kick Pod, you would know that we always start off every episode with special shares. So our special shares today are going to be in light of International Women's Day. Um, and Laws and I have got some facts to share, and then we're going to jump over to our lovely guests for any recommendations or special shares that they have. Um, so I'll start with my fact. In May 2020, women's full-time adult average weekly ordinary time earnings were 86% of that of men. This ratio is the same that was in May 19, which represents a um, gender pay gap of 14%. Great, isn't it? It's when when we were looking that up, the fact that it hasn't changed from last year. And um, I also read this morning that if we continue at the rate we're going now with equality, we're still a hundred years away from living in, in a gender equal society, which is really scary. I mean it means that our if well, for you, your <laughs> your kids and, and our kids might not actually live in a gender equal society if we don't start, I suppose, increasing the change. And the statistic I wanted to share was that in 2019, 2020, managers are almost twice as likely to be men than women. And only 18% of the CEO positions are held by women in Australia. And I think what is was really bad with this was during COVID, uh, there was millions of, I think in Australia, over 1 million jobs were lost. And unfortunately, because women are not in all of those high positions, they were more likely to lose their job, which... Yeah, it was really hard to read. I, um, my auntie came over the other day and she'd come straight from an International Women's Day event. And um, it was a story I wanted to share when I learnt this fact because she was in a room full of men and they did this little activity um, where they had a riddle and they basically asked the audience um, to all kind of have an answer ready. Um, and the riddle was that this young man was on his way to a job interview and he went with his father and he was in the car before he got out of the car, he got a text from his dad, who, no, sorry, I've already ruined it. <laughs> he got a text from someone, um, and it was actually the CEO of the company, and they said, good luck, son. And everyone in the audience, except the two women, one being my auntie, had said that he must be gay, he must have a partner. No one guessed that the CEO was a woman. His mum texted him that. And all the men in the room were so embarrassed, obviously, when they found out what the riddle actually was um, and felt so ashamed. But it just goes to show that in this day and age, this room full of men still couldn't even picture a woman as a CEO, which was crazy. I just found that ridiculous when I heard that. And now for you guys, Alira, do you want to go first? I don't have any 
fact. You don't need a fact. So when you like that, I was like, any recommendation? Any recommendation? Um, it can be a podcast, a movie, a book. A oh my god! Whatever you did last week that you really liked. So much. <laughs> I got my puppy. <laughs> um, firstly, I just want to say thank you so much for having me here. And I guess International Women's Day, like, so beautiful. And I think for me, I'm in this really beautiful position, being a woman, but also being a woman of color. I'm really sort of starting to navigate and understand my privilege as well too on this social media platform and coming to beautiful things like this and being a representation for people of colour too. But what I'm reading at the moment is actually from a dear friend, Erica Kramer. Um, I'm about to swear, but her book is called Confidence is Shit. And it is a bit of a, a self developy sort of real life talk on self-love and healing and just knowing your shit as a woman and knowing that we don't have to do it all and we shouldn't put these expectations on ourselves. So that's my hot little recommendation. Sounds good. I'll go, I'll go next with mine and I'm actually really frustrated at you because that was what I was going <laughs> to was it? Because <laughs> Must I, be good. <laughs> I went to an event last Thursday here where she was speaking and we connected. We're having lunch next week. I'm so obsessed with her. So absolutely. So my backup, which I'm glad I came prepared with one, is, and I was going to ask you guys, like, what are you recommending so we don't double up? So my backup is actually the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. She's the COO of Facebook at the moment. Previously, she was Google. And I think that that, so this book is old. It is not something that's just come out in the last year. It is something that's been around for the better part of maybe 12, 13 years now. And to be honest, it is one of those books that everyone should pick up because it teaches you just how ingrained these gender roles really are and how we can navigate that as women and actually pick that up and go, you know what, I know that this is ingrained, but this is how I'm going to lean into the table. <clears throat> Sorry. This is how I'm going to drag my chair up and make a place for myself because, as you were saying before, Laura, we are going to be 100 years behind and we cannot expect everybody else to do that job for us. We're going to have to drag our seats to the tables and do it ourselves. So that is my recommendation. Also, Erica, 10 out of 10. <laughs> You'll never believe this. <laughs> I really won't. No, it wasn't the same. <laughs> Would have been good. I was though. like, Erica's going to get a massive workout. <laughs> Uh, I think the, the best documentary I've watched recently was Kathy Freeman's. I absolutely love her as an athlete and as a person and just as a woman. Like, she's just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I'm, more, I'm not a book person unless it's got pictures, which is great now because I've got a baby. You can listen to this one. It's recording. <laughs> yeah, so Kathy Freeman's doco. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for sharing those. We'll pop all of those in our show notes. The other thing we've been doing this season on the Kickpod is doing a DNM. So we have a um, email that you guys can write in anytime. Any question or discussion you guys want us to have. Um, a lot of them coming through have been about relationships and everything like that. Obviously, Laws and I will never directly answer a question that we do not have. Um, but authority or, or yeah to answer but today's question and we felt like it just was so great and so many people would probably be able to relate to it um, and so we're going to actually open it up to all of us to answer and discuss we're going to open our DNMs to you <laughs> someone slid in alright she says I'm single in my 20s and I can't help but feel there's a lot of shame surrounding singledom for girls. Questions and comments such as, why are you still single? Who can we set you up with? Or, don't worry, you'll find someone. 
are almost condescending as they imply that there is something wrong with you for not having a partner and being single requires fixing. In a society where relationships are most valued, how can we still feel genuinely confident in ourselves when we're single, particularly in our 20s when I feel like all my friends are getting engaged, etc.? Do you think you girls would feel confident being single in your 20s? So there's a few discussion That's points That's a here. very good yeah. question. Alira, would you like to start? Yeah, I was going to say, was how's like, your dating going? Yeah, how's my dating going? <laughs> Firstly, like... I just feel like we do put these expectations on ourselves to just be in relationships. And I'm speaking from this lived experience where I met a bloke at 21, I got married, um, hit 27, and I was like, this is actually not working. I just want to be single and have fun. And that's what I did. And I did. I copped all those sort of, you know, comments and questions like, you're nearly 30. Like, do you think you should be settling down? And I'm like, that's really inappropriate. You shouldn't be asking that. Like, I can do what I want. I think if you harness your healing and your self-love and you really sort of understand who you are as a woman, then you'll sort of come to this place of contentment, I think, and just be a-okay. But then again, I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm just like, piss off, don't tell me what to do, I'll do what I want. (laughs) But having said that, like, I'm freshly single out of a relationship with a female now because I came out as bi. And again, I'm just like, still trying to navigate and know that I'm 30 and it's okay to be single. Don't put those expectations on yourself at all and don't listen to other people. I agree with all of that, but I think there's something really powerful about not being in a relationship that isn't serving you and you choosing to serve yourself and saying, I'm going to put myself first because that's so much more important than the person that makes me because I think that's putting too much emphasis on you not being a whole person on your own. So for me, I think that, you know, realising that you're a whole person, you bring a lot to the table and it doesn't matter whether you've got a partner or not. And the fact that you're single, to me, actually makes you far more powerful because you get your own goals. Like, what other opportunity do we have to go, I don't have to take anybody else into consideration here. Like, I can, I'm obviously going to talk about finance here, but I can set my budgets for whatever I want. I can save for whatever I want. And I can do that without somebody else going, oh, yeah, but I want to achieve this. And you being pulled that way. So I think it's such a powerful period of your life being single where you get to figure all of that out. It is definitely not a bad thing. And there's actually a really good podcast I recommend here, which is called Single Met single-minded and it is by a friend of mine so obviously really self self-fulfilling here but <laughs> Hannah first from Adore Beauty who is so beautiful and she just really wants to reframe what single looks like because it is so empowering and is full of choice and it is full of opportunity and there was a big question there about confidence I mean like we've spoken about it before you don't need to rely on others or external things to to build up your confidence so I mean if the main concern here is is more on her confidence you know how do you reckon Moana do you have any idea on how she could work on that alone on her confidence (laughs) you're talking to the most unconfident person (laughs) Uh, I don't know about confidence I just think that everyone you know you probably hear me say this again later on but everyone should just do what makes them happy and if that's single sweet if that's with someone sweet like I think life's too short to be focused on what everyone else wants from you because then you get caught up in living somebody else's life and that's kind of why I live the life the way I do you know I watch my dad 
quite literally die on his deathbed from cancer. And he just kept saying, I have this regret, I have this regret, I have this regret. And that's why I just don't have any regrets because I'm not living the way Sam or Tim or Steve wants me to live. I'm living the way I want to live. So if I got hit by a bus tomorrow at Touchwood, <laughs> I lived the way I wanted to live. So I don't think anyone should be able to tell you that you should or shouldn't be in a relationship. It should be based on the connection that you make with someone. And if that works, sweet. If it doesn't, then on to the next. I love that. Mm. We need to be fired from the kick DMs. <laughs> we'll we'll need to have you guys it. back. <laughs> no, I love that. And I, I love, Mo, the fact that you said you're not confident, but I mean, you're sitting up here on a panel and you inspire so many people. I am shit scared right now. <laughs> I haven't done a social one of these with people in over a year, so Same. my heart is beating. Same. Like, I, <laughs> in the meditation, I was like trying to be calm, trying to be calm, and I can hit my heart was like boom, boom, boom. It's like this is not where I'm meant to be focusing. We would love to start off the podcast with a very, very important question, and that is, what does being a woman mean to you? Alira, do you want to go first? Yes. Oh, it's powerful. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, like like I said, being a woman of colour, being a woman in general, I think it's just, it's powerful. And I think the way that our future and our young little babies are growing up in this progressive little world, we were just having this conversation that everyone's just so open to change. And I think... I don't know. It's pretty powerful. I mean, I love being a woman. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a privilege. Like, I genuinely think that to be a female or a woman in 2021 is such a privilege just because there are so many women that have gone before us who haven't had the opportunity that we have. And I'm sitting up here on a panel, which is awesome, but as a business owner, as a female who's allowed to walk the streets by herself and can do so many cool things and have the friends I want to have and acknowledging that that's not a thing in every single country. Like to be a female in Australia in 2021 is such a privilege and such an opportunity. And I'm just very, very grateful for it. I think that I'm gonna come at this from a different angle. I think that since I knew I was having a daughter, mm. absolutely shit scared, like super scared for her, right? Because unfortunately, and this is my opinion, like women are born on the back foot straight away. Mm. You have to you have to prove yourself to be anything. You have to prove yourself to be better. You have to prove yourself to get somewhere. You have to. You always have to do something to make someone go, oh my God, so you can kick a footy or so or you, you can run a business. That's crazy. So I, having a, a daughter, I was just like what is she going to face? Like, you know, how many hurdles does she have to jump just to be accepted as a woman? So for me, I was just like, I went through a really angry stage. But then I'm like, she's a woman. This is insane. She's going to break down barriers. She's going to change the world. And she's going to be the best at everything she does. And I'm going to be there to support her and carry her and tell her always that she can and never that she can't. And the more I feel like we raise our generations like that, the more things might change and hopefully not 100 years away. Yeah. So for me, um, it's, it, um, you know, I'm excited that I've got a daughter and I'm excited to be a woman and it's amazing. There is barriers, but, you know, what's better than conquering those and going, you know, I, I run a, I have my own business too in a construction industry and that's unheard of. Everyone's like, like I got a phone call once, somebody goes, get me the boss. And I was like... I'm the boss. No, 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 no. Get me the boss. So I put the phone down. I picked it back up. I'm like, it's me. <laughs> I'm the boss. Like, they really wanted a man, you know, when they wanted the boss. And I'm like, it's still me. Uh, you can tell me. I'm here. Did it work? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
pissed them off and they never came back. Um, but that's just, that's the energy I live in. That's my everyday fight. And that's going to be her everyday fight. But for me, I think, you know, I'm going to keep breaking barriers. And I think it's, you know, I wouldn't want to be anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want to be anything else. I mean, I feel like um, absolutely there, there is challenges and, and women for sure born on the back foot. I mean, the little experiences that we've had with um, feeling that is really in business mainly, I would say, um, when working with our business partners or past business partners or anything really in general. Um, I think a lot of people were always surprised to hear that we founded the company and all that sort of stuff and there was always a question as to who helped us out or... Like who was oh, doing it? You're with just us. you're just the face. You must just be the face. Yeah. You couldn't who run the business. Who does all the other stuff? You know. And we do have an incredible team, but we have an incredible team of women right now. So, mm-hmm. um, but it it is it's 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 a weird and it's back to that fact and that story that I shared earlier of that room full of men like just assuming that women can't be in power or anything like that. It's so obvious that whilst 100 percent in Australia we have so many privileges, mm-hmm. there's still a bit of a backseat for sure for being a woman. And my next question for you guys is have any of you ever felt uncomfortable being a woman? Anyone can start. You've started all your <laughs> <laughs> So you've always like, let me go last every Let's time. Let's not change the process. You have to go. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, 100%. And same thing, it's just that, oh, you're in a business. And it's like, yeah, I do. I own a business and I do it myself and... I'm doing great. Um, I think for me, it it is when I'm in a room of men and they, you know, men, they love to play the alpha card. And when I walk in a room, I'm like, I'll be the alpha today. (laughs) And that makes them uncomfortable, um, which obviously can make me uncomfortable because they'll try and like pull me down a little bit. But um, I think that's the only time I've ever felt super uncomfortable is in that business sort of setting. I would say there's been many, many situations where as a female I felt uncomfortable when I was younger. It was the lack of confidence. It was when I was going out and walking home by myself. Like as a female, you just think things that you catastrophize, right? Because you've heard the stories, you've heard what's going on. And I think that it's really important to acknowledge that, that everybody in this room has probably felt uncomfortable or awkward, like leaving a bar or leaving Mm. a restaurant or something, just going like, oh, I probably should just check. Like I think it's so easy to say that we haven't because it's ingrained in us to feel uncomfortable as a base level, which is so unacceptable, but it is unfortunately the reality. But yes, as a business owner in finance, it's definitely not as male dominated as uh, construction, but in finance, I'm not taken seriously. Like people laugh when I say I'm the managing director and they're like, okay, like, but who's the advisor? And I'm like, yeah, that's me too. Um, And I think that it's just, you know, I go to finance conferences and the amount of men in the room, they kind of just go, oh, like, who do you work for? And I'm like, oh no, I, I work for myself. And they're like, oh, that is so cute like, yeah thanks like I'm, I'm not here to be cute like oh anyway yes I have in multiple different ways yeah I think I can um back yours up a little bit I actually ha- don't run at night anymore just because pure fact that I'm yeah. scared yeah. and like I can hold myself <laughs> like, I can box like I'm pretty good uh <laughs> But I am just petrified in that sense. Like I run with one beat on during the day, um, and I like I like I worry when I'm you know out after dark walking the streets by myself. So absolutely, when it comes to being in a room with business people or in a room with footballers, never, never. Because like I'm there for a reason. They're there for a reason. I, of course, I always have to prove myself. I always have to be something that they want me to be. Um, but I'm always just me. So. 
that's awesome. I remember we've had a conversation with guys before on that exact topic, right, about being alone or being home alone or walking alone and they didn't really quite understand why we felt that way. And it was like until you kind of had to be like, are, are you kidding? Like let's talk about a few things that have happened recently. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about that because so many guys I know wouldn't even think twice about walking home alone or like leaving a bar by themselves or anything like that. So it's just it's mm-hmm. crazy, isn't it? And I think for me, with when I thought about this question, I thought a lot about how as women and female, I know females especially, I feel this, that you have to make others feel comfortable. You, I, I don't think that that's a thought that goes through the mind of many. Of course, there's some men that might think that, but I think as women, we always have to make others feel comfortable so when we're introducing ourselves we often downplay what we actually do because we don't want people to feel uncomfortable we use just I hate the word just I'm just this I just do this I just want a minute of your time there are things that we do and we and even we we spoke about this recently I found that when I make a statement I always end it with a question And my voice always goes up because I just have to make sure that the person I'm saying it to feels comfortable with what I'm saying because if they don't, it was a question and it's okay and I'll I'll agree with them. And I think that's something as as women and it's something that Sheryl Sandberg speaks about a lot in Lean In is that we have to make others feel comfortable and women need to be liked. We have to be likeable. That's a trait that as a woman you have to be and especially in in the business world, in, in the workplace, you can't always, I mean, if you go into a room and you, with a meeting and especially in um, with, with our grocery business and the FMCG industry, it's very, very male orientated and um, it, you do have to kind of hold your own, I suppose, but you have this, I always have this constant debate in my head of, hang on, if I say this, I'm not going to be liked, I'm going to make others feel uncomfortable and, and I feel that we need to try and rewire our brains to, to not always feel that way. And then leading on from there, I think one thing I've struggled with being a female, especially in the workplace, is not wanting to be vulnerable. And I mean, it's a hard balance for what we do because we try and be as, as real as we possibly can with, with everything that we do. But I have shared a lot about mental mental health struggles that I've been through and and anxiety and things and often before I've shared it I've always thought hang on what if someone in you know in work or someone that we've we've known or we've got a meeting with reads this and then they see me as weak and incapable Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to kind of grapple with in your mind and Alira I wanted to speak to you and ask you about that because you are so open about your anxiety and, and mental health and I wanted to know why that is so important to you. I always, I love this question because for me, it's just a given on my social platform to share my journey because number one, I have a privilege of a bunch of people that follow me and it's a community and I have a responsibility to be as authentic as possible on that platform because there's nothing worse than seeing a young 14, 15 year old girl having this expectation of me being this perfect woman when that's certainly not the case. Um, For me, it's always about being transparent about my anxiety, my depression, Um, when I'm having low days and high days because I think, imagine if I am posting how low I'm having of a day and say someone else saw it and they're going to be like, okay, you've made me feel like a human Mm. and then they can go and seek help where they need to get help and I think that's really important and I'm like, the more we be silent about mental health, the more people are just going to be hiding away in the shadows and I don't think that's really fair and like I said, I just think being an influencer person on a social platform it's important to share transparency so that's why I share the lows and the highs 
Have you found that, I mean, you might have always been that way as well, but have you found that since you've been more open about it as well, and um, I suppose, because in, in my position when I did decide to be open about struggles that I'd had, the response that I got and, you know, um, people saying how it had helped them or make them feel less alone, that was enough for me to be like, this was definitely the right decision, this is what I'm going to do from now on. Is that kind of what makes you, or is it something that you do for yourself as well? Yeah, no, exactly that. Because when I was saying, oh, you know, I'm having a really anxious day or I needed to go and see my psychologist because I was just, I wasn't feeling great. I, you know, I had a girl message me and be like, you made me, like you triggered me to be like, I need to book in and see my psychologist and change my meds because I'm not doing okay. And thanks so much for sharing that. And I think that sort of made me realise, okay, I'm not just doing it for me. I'm actually doing it for the wider community that are seeing, you know, me share this on my social platform. Yeah, and I'm sure they all appreciate it so much. Um, the next question we have for all of you guys is who is the most influential woman in your life? I'll go first. <laughs> it's my mum. It is my mum, hands down. She is the person that taught me to be the person I am today, the person that I call when I'm upset, the person I'm calling when I'm really happy, the person I want to share news with. And I think that, yeah, she is the most special person to me. You want me? I'll go. <laughs> We're really changing it up. <laughs> um, I think this might, my answer is going to be, uh, it's equal three. Um, first is my mum. I think my mum is... The, what that woman's gone through is something that I cannot describe. But, you know, I, my dad passed away when I was 12 and she had also fostered like eight kids. So there was 19 of us kids living under her roof and she raised us all by herself. She kept going to work full time, kept putting food on the table. Um, she had zero dollars in her hand, you know, we, we were broke, but she kept doing it for us and she kept going and she was just, to watch her go through that and go through everything she went through to continue to raise us and take care of us and make sure we had a roof over our head was just, you know, that's why I want to give back to her every day um, because she's absolutely amazing. And then there's Vinny and most of you, if you don't know, Vinny's my special needs sister who I live with and the reason why she's my inspiration is because of the way she sees the world and she doesn't see the world how you and I see the world. She's untouched. She is unbelievably unique and beautiful and I say that because if you had 10 people up here all from different races all different skin colors and you asked the what were the difference of those men are she would say they're all men there's no difference they're all the same she doesn't see race she doesn't see gender she doesn't see any of that stuff she just sees the person and I love that and she just she loves people for who they are and she never ever judges herself she always wants to help and I think the world needs more love like that and more care so when I'm always around her and she's always that kind of person it just makes me want to be better and then there's Belle, my wife, who I'm literally just watched go through labour or pregnancy, which is unbelievable. Like women, like I went into her labour because I'm going to get pregnant next, right? And I was like, as soon as I go into labour, I'm getting that epi. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Jab it. Like, let's do it. <laughs> that, that was my mindset going in. But then when I watched her go through it, she empowered, her pain, which is terrible to say, her pain empowered me to want to do it without the epi. Like she, what she did to push, bring a human into this world and now be the best mum in the world is just something that I actually look up to her for that, which is, um, she's just absolutely amazing for. 
For me, I have so many yeah. because I lost my mum at the age of 17 to cancer and she's an inspirational one to me because I grew up single mum, just working multiple jobs to put food on the table and just be that provider. So she is 100% my number one inspiration. But it's also just all the women in my life because I don't know why, but I attract women who have just been through the pits and just get it and just want to share their story and that's what inspires me to be like I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to be the best because I get to sit in a room full of you know these beautiful women so I just feel like I've got lots yeah I feel like I take different parts of inspiration and everything from so many different women um but I mean two that I always give a bit of a shout out to is my mom and Lawsy um and it's just funny that you two are also very very similar people <laughs> so maybe that's, that's the why. biggest compliment ever <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean f- for me like um the inspiration and everything that I take from the both of you is your selflessness and your care for others and your empathy for others um and it just always makes me want to be a better person and you're both so infectious to be around um so yeah <laughs> that's, that's done well I mean for me I, I'm exactly the same and it's awesome that our mums are here with us tonight um my mum I had down for the question about what does it mean to be a woman and I had that it means to be whatever we want to be doesn't really mean I mean it mean, obviously is important but it didn't, I grew up in a family knowing that I didn't even think that my gender would ever hold me back from anything that I did. And I th- obviously we've come up against things, but because I was so fearless because of my mum, it, it really didn't affect until it was too late. And then obviously we were going to keep doing what we were doing. Um, and so, yeah, I thank my mum so much for that. And, um, and you as well, Steffi. I think doing what we do, I could not do what we do without you by my side every day. You've been a huge and pivotal part in my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> you make me okay. so confident, no, but I, with, yeah, the, the way that my confidence has gone from down here to up to here, to here is, is very much because of you, so yeah, I appreciate that very much. Anyway, so now, <laughs> now we wanted to chat about gender, I'm going to say inequality because I feel like in sport, I don't think we're at gender equality in sport yet and I wanted to ask you Mo about it I'm you were one of the pivotal players in the launch of the AFL women's you've you've played in it um you've seen it I've seen a lot of commentary over the past week or so that footy is starting footy has been going for six weeks um and it's obviously the men's footy that's starting um and I think there's just such such a long way to go and so I wanted to we wanted to know kind of how you feel about it and how far you feel that we still need to go? A hundred years. I think that if you speak about the last week, something I noticed that nobody else really picked up on nor spoke about was I watch every game, men and women's, like I'm a footy addicted. Um, but I've watched every women's game this, this season so far and I know they have a Friday night game at primetime and I know they have the same thing on Saturday. Both days the women's game got pushed out of primetime slot so the men's community game could be played on TV which nobody really spoke about. Like, the game got pushed to 5 p.m. so the men could play at 7. And not, like, I love watching the men. I want to do that. But it's a, it's a practice match. Mm. It's not even a real match. Imagine if you got towards the end of the men's season and the women's team had to have a practice match and they pushed the men's game off. Imagine the uproar. Mm. But nobody really cared, which explains exactly where we are. The funny thing is people don't understand that 
women, 95, 98% of the women are playing footy have a full-time job. Mm. Nobody gets that. And they're, they're asked to train part-time to full-time. So when I was playing, I was the highest paid on 29 grand for six months. That was it. That's a six-month contract where I had to train with the club four times a week plus play a game plus do programs outside of that. That's what I had to do on top of having a full-time job. And if I didn't make it work, I was threatened that I'd be dropped. That was it. So, if you know, we only got paid from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., but we had to be there at 5, and we couldn't leave till 10.30 because if you did, you'd be dropped, right? Because that's, that's the way it is. And you get paid 29 grand. Like, What does the highest men's player get paid in comparison? Oh, it'd probably be like... One million? More. Oh, way. Like a, like a million a year or something. It would be someone like Buddy or, um, yeah, Paddy Dangerfield, which they deserve because mm. they are unbelievable athletes. But if you want women footballers to come out and showcase the best football they can mm. showcase, pay them to train. Yeah. Pay them to train full-time and then let them display the best football you'll ever see. But except they say train part-time, work full-time, and then on the weekends when you're supposed to rest and have a life and see family, go out on the field. And when you stuff up a kick, we're going to drill you on the back page of the Herald Sun the next day. And then you cop all the crap that's on social media. So it's like that's a long way to go. Like, And the thing that they would always preach is you should you should just be happy with this. Like, you get to play footy, what's your problem? And it's the problem is, it's not equal. And I don't want equal, I don't want a million dollars a year, but I also don't want to work full-time. And I don't want to have to be criticised for something which I can't prepare for. So it's amazing that they're playing footy and it's getting better every year, but it's kind of like ant steps, like not even baby steps, ant steps. That's, you know, they've got a long way to go, but they need to let them train as actual athletes opposed to, um, you know, just train and just be, be okay with it because you finally get to play footy, so be happy. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, Mo, while we're chatting to you, I'm going to slide in and ask you about motherhood because I'm very excited. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, you and Bella have had a beautiful baby girl. Would love to know what it's been like, you know, what's motherhood meaning to you at the moment and has it changed your perspective on life at all? Yeah, I feel like um, what's, what's it like? It's the greatest gift one could ask for. Everyone used to say to me, before I had Sophia, oh, you love you love her like a love you've never seen before or felt. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just going to love her like I love Vinnie and Belle. It's the same thing. And then the moment, like, because I was able to take Sophia out and put her onto Belle. And the moment I grabbed her out, it was like a, a flick second of, like, an overwhelming feeling of protection and love. Like, I've got to protect and love this kid. And it's just been the best, hardest, tightest 15 <laughs> weeks of my life. And it's just so rewarding and it's so funny. Like, there's so many things that it just, she does, like, the tiniest thing and I'm, like, elite. Like, that is elite. <laughs> like, you know, she can stand elite. Like, yeah. And her, she's got a cousin that's, like, a few months older, so I'm, like, making sure she's already beating him at everything. <laughs> I'm, like, you got to sit. Come on. Uh, it's just a amazing like honestly it's going to be the best thing you'll ever do in your life and I feel like the hardest part about it is everyone tries to tell you what to do like everyone tries to chime in on how, how you should parent like I might put up a photo of me and Sphere in bed and someone will go well that's terrible you might roll over and kill her and I was like oh, 
I'm laying in a bed with a child. Calm down. Like, everyone, that's the hardest thing is that people can't just let it be. And I just wonder, do all other mums get that? Because why? They put, there's already enough pressure on mums as it is, right? You're tired, you're exhausted, you're trying to be the best parent that you can be. And then everyone's always telling you what you've got to do better and how you can do it better. And that's probably the hardest thing for me is that, you know, there's, there's a million different opinions and you're just trying to be the best mum that you can. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that. That's so beautiful. And now we wanted to talk about financial security and finances. And Vic, that sounds like you something are, I'd like yeah. to <laughs> I feel like you are the question for me. And no, it's actually, no, it's definitely no, for you. For me. <laughs> and we wanted to chat to you firstly about more money is a very taboo topic. I think it's something that we find really uncomfortable to talk about, but... For women especially, it's really important. We know, you know, we know where our finances are. We're able to, especially because of the gender pay gap, we need to invest our money well. We, you know, we need to set ourselves up with our super and we need to give ourselves the financial security. Um, and so, Vic, I would love to know, why did you start She's On The Money? And why did you start a platform for women with money? Because I like money. No. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually funny because She's On The Money started by accident. I didn't mean to start a platform or the change that I have. I'm so, so, so proud of it and so privileged to be the, the face of She's On The Money. But it came from a place where I started Zella. That was my financial practice. And I really wanted good clients. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to law firms. And I'm going to talk to baby lawyers. Because when baby lawyers grow up, they're big lawyers. And big lawyers make a lot of money. And that is a dream client for a financial advisor. And so I started going in uh, to law firms talking to these women. And I called my workshop, She's on the Money. And after these workshops, I would get an abundance of questions from people just saying, hey, I was just wondering, what does this look like or how does that work or you mentioned this because no one really wanted to talk to me in person about it. They all waited until after because money's pretty taboo and they didn't want to talk about it. So I thought, what about a Facebook group? Like that's that's a pretty good place because all these questions are really similar. So I started that and then from there I decided that I wanted to do something else because I was like, wow, guys, there's 1,700 people in this group. That is the biggest amount of people I've ever heard of in my life. No, not kidding. Like I still feel like that. Every time I look at the group, I'm like, whoa. Like, <laughs> anyway, um, and yeah, they asked me to do videos. I was not confident not comfortable, not happy to do videos. So I said, what about a podcast? And from there on in, we had She's On The Money, the podcast, and that was born. And we now have a million listeners a month. And we have 145,000 people in our Facebook group, which is insane. But it's come from this place of love. It's come from me genuinely wanting to talk about money because I can see how it can change your life. And I can see how in 50 years, hopefully, She's On The Money will be a part of your journey because you've made the choice to change or made the choice to have a conversation or made the decision to contribute more to super and it is so so powerful beyond anything you could imagine to be financially secure as a female like it gives you the power of choice it gives you the power of change to change situations you don't want to be in whether that is a relationship or an employer or even a country if you're stuck overseas which is obviously not something you can do right now but if you're stuck overseas Financial security enables you to get home when you need to. And I think that it is so undervalued and so many of us, including me throughout my younger years, lived week to week and just kind of spent what was in my account. And 
it'll, it, more will come in. But we can't think that way. So that is where She's on the Money came from. And we've spoken of the gender pay gap, obviously. So what are some things we can do as women to, I suppose, help close that gap? And you spoke a lot about, you know, um, feeling financially comfortable in yourself and everything. That would obviously grow quite a lot of confidence and um, empower us as well, I think. How can we do that? So I think the first thing is to understand it is not what you make, is what you do with what you make. And so many times I talk to women and they say, no, Victoria, it's fine. I'll just work it out when I get paid more. Like I don't get paid much right now. When in reality, the most wealthy clients I have genuinely are not the highest paid clients I have. They are the clients that have been diligent. They are the clients that have invested and saved over their entire lives. And I think that's really powerful because, and I say this on my podcast all the time, to the point where my producer literally has a button <laughs> with the music, like that song from Little Things, Big Things Grow. And it's it's now embarrassing, but that's all I think about because like from the little changes that we make, really big things do grow and they do change. So it's, it's not about what you earn, it's about what you do with what you earn and the priorities that you set and understanding what your priorities are, not what your partners are, not what your friends are, not what other people are doing or what Instagram culture is influencing us to do it's about what you as an individual want to achieve and want to do and that is what is powerful and important and when it comes to the gender pay gap like you are powerful beyond measure negotiate that and I think that as women we are so much more likely to go okay well the salary said $60,000 I know I wanted 65 but um, I'll just take 60 because I don't want to seem rude like no we're not rude we are just saying we are worth this amount and we need to know that we can do that because if we don't ask the answer is always no and if we ask there's an opportunity there for us to grasp but so many of us don't even give ourselves that opportunity. Yeah, wow. It's very true. And, and I think something when, when we had you on the podcast, Vic, we spoke about as well, the, how important it is. I mean, obviously in school, it's not really something that we learn a lot about and it's so important. And obviously, hopefully that starts to change. But we spoke about an example of when you, you might get a pay rise or you might go from working a part-time job to a full-time job and you can't save because, well, first of all, we haven't kind of been empowered to, to do it and we haven't taught ourselves how, but it might be because we started, we had dinner at Grilled, but then we started going to a restaurant or we used to buy our makeup from Priceline and then we went to, you know, Mecca or something and, and that it's all relative and it does make a difference, which is why it's so, so, so important to empower ourselves. Absolutely. That is called lifestyle creep and it happens to the best of us. That's lifestyle yeah, creep. Yeah, lifestyle creep. It does happen to the best of us. But I think I also said on your podcast an example that I've used historically on my podcast, which is why the numbers are ingrained. Do not think I'm good at quick maths. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that you go, wow, that can mean that. So if you're 21 years old, which I know a lot of you, you all look 21, so let's go with that. If you're 21 and you started investing, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, if you're 21 years old and you start investing $500 per month, which sounds like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, as the world goes on and as your income increases, it is not too much to sacrifice, I guarantee you. When I was 21, I would spend that per month going out with my friends. If you can save and invest that each and every single month until you retire at the age of 65, you will have an investment portfolio worth $1.2 million. Now, that will not only make you a millionaire, which is obviously like a pretty big bonus, but the power in investing is that it creates a passive revenue for you. So that is money that comes in that you don't need to go to work for. And if we work off 5%, which you guys 
won't know anything about, or you might, but like about investment returns, that's quite low. But if we worked off an investment return of just 5%, you've just gifted your future self a $60,000 income each and every single year without having to go to work. And if that's not powerful, I don't know what is. Do you have a business card? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I knew that because I've listened. No. That's, that's super powerful. And like that is me telling each and every single one of you how to become a millionaire. And we all have that power. It's just about whether we choose to prioritize that or not. I love that. And I suppose that are some, those are some words for our future selves. But now we'd love to go back um, and reflect on something that you would tell your younger self. Alira, do you want to go first? Oh my gosh, my younger self. Oh, I found an old high school photo of me. Um, so I went to Eltham High School <laughs> out in Melbourne. Um, oh, I love how you all laugh then. Like, oh, great. Just wait till they found out I'm from Tassie. Oh, um, and it was just casual dress and I looked at myself and I was like, oh my gosh, interesting. <laughs> but I just look back and I think I was severely bullied. I was just... It was a shocking time. And I just think if I implemented empowering words or affirmations or something around positive thinking growing up, then I feel like it wouldn't be as hectic. I feel like I would have given myself this advice of just chill, like just relax. Everyone's going through the same thing. Unfortunately, there's always going to be people that will project their shit onto you. And I think that's probably the advice that I would give to myself. Just everyone's got crap going on. A lot of people are going to project. You are you and that is bloody okay. Can you talk to past me? That'd be good. I, th I think I would just teach myself or talk to myself about being a little bit kinder because I wasn't nice to past me and I think that I could have just been a lot kinder to who I was. I, like I had a very privileged upbringing, like I wasn't, you know, super rich, but we had a really great family. My parents were together. I had a really beautiful sister. And I just don't think that, you know, I had that positive affirmation that, you know, really would have helped me because I was always trying to be somebody else or please someone else or trying to work out how I could be more like X or Y. And I think it would just be about being kinder to myself, but I don't think I would give myself any advice to change decisions or things that happen because I think that those things really made me who I am and you know when I talk about money and finance like I've been in debt I know how much that hurts I know how it makes you feel so anxious and I feel like that's a power that I had to go through that so I can talk about that authentically now and I don't want to change anything about it just maybe be a little bit kinder I've been asked this question a few times so I'm gonna to have to stick with my same answer no I will stick with my same answer I wouldn't tell my younger self anything because I feel like everything I've gone through in life has taught me something whether it be good whether it be bad um, I've learnt and I've always learnt from my mistakes and I've always um, you know it's something that I've always believed in so I, I think that it's made me who I am today so I think I would just let me be me <laughs> maybe I would change my hair back <laughs> Was it slick back? Was what it really, was it? It was just a slick back hairstyle. It's probably the same now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really do. I, I relate to you guys saying that you, you wouldn't really change anything because I totally agree. I think any mistake I've made um, or maybe path that I kind of wished at, point, at points that didn't happen to me, um, they made me who I am today. So 
I would agree with you on that. Um, and I, I'm totally going to jump on the bandwagon. I've definitely had some questionable fashion <laughs> choices when I look back at photos, even with Bailey getting, you know, we're about four or five years different in age. And um, when we were younger, we used to like to get matching dresses. And I got to a stage where I was definitely too old for that, but I continued to do so. Why won't you ever match dresses with me? Every time I find if we ever walk out and we're wearing the same thing, I'm like, I have made it. I am a fashion icon. And Seb's like, I need to get changed. <laughs> right now I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. We're merging. <laughs> no, it's actually true. It's true. My fashion is slowly merging into Laura's. Which is awesome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and I, I think mine would be, I think I completely agree, it's so important to learn from your mistakes and what we go through makes us who we are. But I think one thing I would tell my younger self and I t- tell myself every day is that we are in charge of our own confidence. And I think that's really important to remember. I think we often put it in the hands of others around us and, and we forget that it's actually us who is who is in charge of it. So, yeah, that would, that would be my advice to myself. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining us. Um, I'm sure there's so much that everyone can take from your words of wisdom today, but also you're just a pleasure to talk to and a pleasure to have in our company. So thank you very much. Um, and anyone listening, hope you guys enjoyed this live King oh, yeah, this is, <laughs> I'm like, I'm this talking out recorded. to the universe. Um, but also thank you, obviously, to you guys for coming. Um, as we said earlier, this is the first community event we've been able to do in such a long time and it means the world to us to be able to connect with you. Obviously, we're so lucky we can do that virtually. Um, very, very, very lucky that we can at least do it virtually, but there's nothing better than actually getting to um, connect with you guys in person. So thank you so much for coming along. And thank you everyone for buying a ticket. The money from your tickets are being donated to Girls From Oz, which is a fantastic charity. So thank you very much. And a big thank you to our team as well, who did all of the hard work. I've been on a holiday for a week, so I'd, I just literally walked in and they everyone did the most amazing job. So we love you guys very much and appreciate you. Thank you.